Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, this podcast is all about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Two things before we get into today's episode. If you haven't already done so, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. I've got a lot of great guests coming up this season. And secondly, we recently launched the Move the Ball merchandise store. There is a link in the show notes. Go have a peek, get your swag, and rock that you're a part of the Move the Ball movement. Okay, for today's episode, I've got a great guest with us inside the huddle today and ready to talk about his experience as a pro athlete and how he moves the ball is David Moa. David is an NFL defensive tackle who currently plays for the New York Giants. He played college football at Boise State and David signed as an undrafted free agent in 2020 with the Minnesota Vikings. We will talk about all of that and more on today's episode. David, welcome to the show. Hi, Jen. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so glad to have you here with us. I know you're busy doing some training and conditioning, so I appreciate you making the time to chat with us today. So are you ready to move the ball? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right. So let's kick off our conversation with off-season training. A lot of people know that the Move the Ball movement started because I wrote a book on football, and it was called None Other Than Move the Ball. And in that book, I write about a lot of things, including eight elements that I call mad pride, which I think really separate the elite athletes from the others out there. One of those elements is being improvement focused and always looking at how you can be that 1% better. As a competitive athlete, someone who plays professional football, you know all about that mentality. What are some of the things that you've been focused on improving upon here in the offseason? Yeah, the New York Giants, we just had a coaching staff change and we got here about a month ago and I'm adjusting to getting to know the new coaching staff. Some of the new players who's joining our team. It's all been such a great time. But while we're doing this, we got to dial in on all the work we're in. Like Jen, you said, every day we're looking to get better, whether it's us together as a team, whether it's individual effort or it's just you as a player. You're finding some way, what 1%, how to get better as you go. And are there some things that you're specifically focused on? I mean, obviously you're adjusting to the coaching staff, but in terms of kind of just getting ready for your on the field performance, what are some of the things that you're focused on? Yeah, my main focus right now is just to be a technician. That's what we say around the building. We're trying to perfect our craft. For me right now, I was working on my speed and strength and putting those two together to help me out. I'm, I'm a pretty undersized defensive tackle in this league, but I have to be a pure technician in everything I'm doing. So my defensive line is Coach Dre. I'm surrounded by great players such as Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, and a bunch of great guys in our room. And every day we're just coming in and attacking everything that our, our coach is telling us to do. 
Love it. And you mentioned getting some new guys on the team as well. We recently had the NFL draft as well. And so well, there's a few guys that are with the Giants organization that I'm excited to see yep. out there. Dane Belton for specifically as one of the guys on the defensive side. Great guy. He was on the show. I do a patch of the draft series before the draft and had Dane on. So I love him. He's a great, oh, great, wow. great guy. So you've been in the league here for a couple of years now. The NFL is a business. I think social media has really allowed people to see that it is a business versus just playing professional football. What are some of the things that you have learned being in this business over the last couple of years? Yeah, like every business, it's tough. You know, it's, it's based off of productivity and you have to bring it every day. There's really no off days, whether it's mentally or physically. Every day you show up to work, you got to get going. Well, my old defensive coordinator used to tell me, Coach Alos, once your two feet hit the ground that day, it's whatever happened in the past. You got to just put it behind you and get going. So that's the motivation for me right now. Just whenever my two feet hit the ground every morning, I just got to attack that day. Well, I like that too, because you mentioned whatever happened in the past is in the past. Sometimes people get hung up on the negative things in the past, but also people get hung up on the successes of the past. And so they kind of want to ride those successes instead of focusing on their productivity for today or the next day. I think people can think back about their friend that loves to relive that their high school football stories or sports events. It's like, okay, come on, man, we're past that, right? What are you doing today? And people will say, you know, in the NFL, it's all about what have you done for me lately? Right. It's, it's about today. So being where your feet are today, focusing on today and being productive and maximizing your output each and every single day. 100%. Just to back to the first question you asked, just being 1% better. That's really what this summer program is all about. Getting to know your teammates 1% better and getting to be better 1%. Absolutely. So I ask people this question all the time. I mean, for me, I've been a student of the game of football my entire life, since I was four, so close to my entire life. And I've taken away so many lessons outside of hard work and teamwork and discipline that a lot of people take from team sports, other lessons that have helped me to be successful in running my business and my brand. When you look back at what football has taught you in terms of being successful, what are some of the other lessons that you've taken away from the game? Yeah, one of the biggest things is it's consistency. Mm-hmm. I didn't start playing football until my... Sophomore year of high school, actually probably until my sophomore year of high school, and at every level of that, the college and NFL, the thing that's been most changed, like alarming is the consistency of these people. People are coming in every day, working day in and day out, and they're getting better too. So you just can't sit on the sideline and expect to like show up and be great when that day comes. You just got to put in that work every day. And that's my biggest thing. Yeah. And people talk about how everybody in the NFL is talented, right? Less than 1% of people make it to the league. So it's not like you can slack off and expect, as you mentioned, to just show up and perform. And you always got to be working on that craft, that 1% better, like we talked about earlier. So we recently had the draft. You're familiar with that process and you ended up signing a couple of years ago as an undrafted free agent. What was that transition like for you coming from Boise State and a college football setting to being a professional football player? Yeah, well, my, my journey was a lot different than most. I was a six-year guy in college. People used to call me mm-hmm. Papa Moa, and my, my peers called me Papa <laughs> Grandpa Moa. So it was always funny hearing that towards the end of my career, but I owe Boise State everything. I came in as a young kid, a teenager who thought, because I was good at my high school, that I could do the same thing. No, it didn't take me until my third year in college to actually start getting some recognition and starting to be more and more productive. So those two years... I just like, I was sitting on the sideline. I was, I was putting the work in. I was slowly listening to the, my peers before me. One of my like, good friends, Sam McCaskill, was somebody I looked up to. And he approached every day the way that I wanted to approach every day. And that's a guy that I looked after. And seeing the people before me do it the right way in every way possible, both on and off the field, has paved the way for me to 
be in the position that I am in today. And at the draft process, I was an undrafted free agent to the Minnesota Vikings. No, nothing bad about that at all. It's not about how or who you are, or how you get into the league. It's what you do once you get into the league. So I've put my best foot forward since I've gotten here since, and I intend to keep doing that. And you bring up a good point. I mean, it doesn't matter how you get the doors open. The fact is the door is open and it's about what you do, how you perform. And we've seen people that have been drafted first, second, third round that have not stayed in the league, right? And so it's not about how you get there. It's what you do when you get there to your yes, point. Ma'am. You play defensive end. So when you look at that position, what in your mind are the skills necessary to really be elite at that position? Yeah, as a defensive end, for me, it's just... I got to work right now to perfect my craft in both the weight room and when we're working with our defensive line coach because I got to put all that together every snap against the offensive lineman across from me. And those guys are getting paid just as well, too. So it's a difficult job being in the, in the trenches, but it's everything I live for right now. Everyone's got their role, right? Yep. So you don't have to be the best. It's about playing your position and excelling at your possession, whatever that contribution is to the team, both mm-hmm. on and off the field. No doubt. Yep. And so as you look back, now that you've been in the league for a couple of years, what are some of the things that you wish you knew going into your rookie season? Yeah, we actually had this talk last year when I was going into year two. And we had the opportunity to talk to guys from year three and year four. And the biggest thing that they told me is just to literally zone in right now. What you're learning right now is going to help you out for these next however long you play in the NFL. Nobody really plays in this league for long, and it's it's on you to get the best out of it and mm-hmm. from what you're hearing from day one it's probably what you're going to hear year seven it's like every year the nfl starts all over again and in your mindset that should happen to you too you're starting all over you're refreshing your body so you could get everything ready to attack this new year this next day and what advice would you give to these rookies that are transitioning and what would you tell them my advice is uh, oh yeah right the second best advice was to find a veteran guy down the road same position maybe it could be the same playing style and learn from them. Take every bit from them that you can. Whether it, it, it can get annoying, and to them it might be, but it doesn't matter to you. You're trying to get every piece of information from the guys before you, because if they're doing it the right way and they're staying in this league for however many years, that's what I'm trying to do too. Yeah, and I think it's important to have mentors. I mean, no matter what field you're in, whether you're playing professional football or some corporate job or you're an entrepreneur, you all need those people that have walked in those shoes that can guide you. And, you know, I think in the corporate space, a lot of people really want to help mentor and guide other people. And on the football field, there are many that want to do the same because it's for the betterment of the team and they're helping, you know, the junior players come up. So I think it's very important to have mentors, especially when you're getting into the league so you can learn right away what you should focus on and what you should maybe not do so much of. Oh, perfect. Spot on. Couldn't say any better myself. <laughs> so you ended up starting with the Minnesota Vikings as an undrafted free agent and then ended up not making the 53-man roster. And then you ended up getting picked up by another. What was that like Like in your mindset going through training camp? And you know, there's a lot of pressure right, to perform. You've got all these other guys that are out there. Walk us through that process. Yeah. So as you said, I started with the Minnesota Vikings for training camp of 2020 and then got released the last day of training camp. It's always tough. No matter what you say, no matter what anybody says, it's always tough being released by somebody in any aspect. But I had the right people around me. My wife, my family, my friends, my relatives. They knew the type of person I was. I wasn't going to hang my head down for long because I knew that whether opportunity came or not, I was just going to keep working. And then three days just after that, this is how quick the NFL works. Three days after that, I go to Atlanta and I'm there for literally just one week. One week. Mm-hmm. And they let me go right after that. 
And three days later, I was on my way to Denver. I get to Denver. I'm going through all the COVID protocols. So in my mind right now, I'm like, oh, here we go again. Another crazy time. This might happen again. And then the Giants called and gave me a practice squad spot. Nothing had been for sure with Denver yet. So I took it. And while I was on my flight here, which is my first time ever being this far East Coast, it was mm-hmm. a fire flight. It was cold as heck. I didn't know what to do. My mind's going all over the place. But that day, my wife just called me and told me, just breathe. Mm-hmm. You've been in situations like this before, whether it was football related or school related or business related, been in a position before. So just go back to what you've been doing. And since that day, I've just put my head down and literally just went to work. And I didn't get to play my first year, but this past year, my second year, I got the opportunity to play my first NFL snap against the Panthers. And mm-hmm. it was a dream come true. All those years of work and playing this game that I love so much, finally coming into fruition. So that journey, don't forget that journey that got you there. But once you do get here, don't let up. It's only getting started. Absolutely. It's all about embracing the journey and appreciating those moments as you learn and grow along the way. And so as you're heading out on the field to play in your NFL debut, how was that? What was going through your mind at that time? Yeah, I think my friends got tested as soon. I'm pretty psycho. I'm very verbal. I like yelling. I like getting the team. (laughs) We call it juice. I love bringing the juice and energy. I'm not even in a game and I'm on the sideline rooting crazy because rooting on the NFL sideline, like this is awesome. It goes back to whatever role you're playing. I wasn't a starter. I was a third string guy. So I'm going to be the best third string player I could possibly be. And once it does get me into the second place, first place, I'm going to be the best first place, second place player I can be. Absolutely. And I think it's important. Like sometimes people get so down because they're not the first string guidance about embracing your role. It's about bringing value, right? Whether you're not the, the top person on any team, when you continue to bring value, the opportunities will comfort yourself for sure. No, for sure. So you mentioned being signed to the practice squad. I don't think a lot of people really, unless you're familiar with the business of football, understand the practice squad is it's a lot of work. You know, there's yep. a lot that goes into it. Talk to us about some of the things that you would have to do being a practice squad guy that people might yeah. not be familiar with. Oh, as a practice squad player, I remember my first year, it was COVID year, and a couple of our offensive linemen were down. And there was no way I was ever going to play an offensive snap or anything, but I played offensive line to give looks to our defense. And then I had to jump back on defensive line and give looks to our offense. So it's just wherever that you could get fit. And do your best to help the team out. That's where the coaches and player personnel are going to put you. So, yeah, player squad is tough. I mean, you're working out twice as more because you need the prep during training. You're going against the best of the best every snap. We're also learning from the people that are playing right now. And you just don't get the recognition on a Sunday. But you're still working towards that position because even last year when I did get a chance to play, it was practice squad, practice squad, practice squad. He's doing really good in practice. We'll see about it. His opportunity is getting better. He's doing a lot better. All right, let's give him his opportunity. And once the opportunity does come, you got to put your best foot forward and ride with it. And that's what I did. So I'm going to keep doing that. That's awesome. You talked about the COVID year. We've all had to adjust and adapt in 2020 because of COVID and then going into 2021. What are some of the things that you've had to adjust and adapt to being a professional football player in this interesting environment that we've been in? Yeah. So that's always a funny question because we talk about this when we're all together, like, dang, I can't believe we all just got through that 2020, 2021 season with COVID. But for me, that was my first year in the league. So mm-hmm. everybody's going through this process together. This is the first time that this has happened to a nation. It's affecting all sports. It's affecting everybody. So we all went to camp in 2020, not knowing what was going to happen. So it kind of helped on the rookie side of it because 
everybody was learning the same thing, going through the same thing. So it kind of broke that barrier. But the other things was just the speed of the game. Yeah, the speed and mental focus that goes into this game is crazy. That one snap it could mean a lot. So you can't really push back or keep your feet off the pedal. You got to keep going. That COVID year was very tough, but everything that I went through has helped me definitely now, for sure. Absolutely. And you talk about being mentally tough. You have to be mentally tough to be a football player at any level, but you know, at the highest level of the NFL, especially. So, but not only on the field during game day, but also just being a professional athlete and everything that comes along with that. When you look at the other aspects of being mentally strong and mentally sound, I mean, talk to us about some of the challenges that either you might have experienced or maybe some of your teammates as they've gone through playing in the National Football League. Yeah, I would say the mental part of this game is the biggest one. Physically, you can train, you can go work out, and then you can physically look apart. But mentally, they want the people, who, when it's fourth and one, game on the line, like who's going to step up and make a play or do their part. And that's the type of mentality you got to have. Like it's a fourth and one always, whether it's first and 10, second and nine, doesn't matter. That's your mentality going to everything. And yeah, I mean, things happen all the time. Stuff is happening every day. It's the in-house things. We're dealing with it together. There's not one player just that's keeping things to themselves. In our locker room right now, we feel a lot open to telling each other things. And like, this is a small league. Like the NFL is the biggest of the big, but it's a very small league. You know, literally probably five to six guys on every team somehow, some way. And you're looking out for each other. If you've noticed how one of your boys is not going through it and not, not having a good day, you're going to approach them. You're going to ask them, how are you doing? Like, is there anything I could do? Do you need me to back off? Do you need me to help out a lot more? And that's the type of atmosphere that my locker room is like. So it's, it's really easy to go through mental and physical battles, but you have the people around you to pick you right back up. And you talk about how you know, there are people, football is small, first of all. And so there are people that know each other you know, playing on multiple teams. And I know a lot of guys will, will have group texts as an example, you know, just to kind of stay in touch with their guys that are playing on different teams and stay connected, which I think is important, especially in today's day. Which I mean, the other thing about playing professional football is you have the normalities of life, just like everybody else does. But then you're laying on top of that a job that is very visible. Right yep. in the public eye, you've got social media, information is being disseminated. As soon as something breaks, you get your ESPN alert or, you know, something. And so you're always in the public's view. So I can only imagine, I mean, I'm certainly not to that level of public figure status, but, you know, even just with my brand and people following, I mean, people are watching you, you know, yep. and so you're trying to balance your life plus your profession. And it can be tough at times. Yeah, it can be, especially how social media rises every day. One of our coaches, I forget who, he told us too that if you're listening and looking into what they're saying right now when everything's going good, you better be doing the exact same thing when things are going bad because you're not just going to show face and say that everything's going to go good for you in this league. No, there's no way. It's it's, it's the hardest of the hardest. So you just got to put stuff like that behind you. It's tough. It's front of your face every day. There's people, we always make a joke about there's someone in their mother's basement saying some bad things about you and you're, uh, why are you going to listen to that? It has no effect right. on you. It's just what you see. You've just got to put all that behind you and get to work. And I, I remember seeing something on social media the other day and it said something like, you know, if somebody doesn't like you, check your bank account and see if it makes a difference, right? Like <laughs> their opinion doesn't matter. And so I think it's easy for people to just get so consumed in what people are posting and what people are saying about them. You know, public figure or not, I think public figures are trained to like let that go because they're used to it. But other people just in life get so bogged down 
and emotional over someone's negative comments. Just like cares, just let it go. You know, you just got to focus on what you got to do to move the ball every day. Yes, ma'am. So as you look at your progression from being a college football player into the NFL, how have you grown and matured as a player? Yeah, I, I think college really helped with this, but it was just setting up a time and schedule to get everything that I needed done. We start at eight every morning. And if you really wanted to, your day could be done at 12. That's when everything's said and done with all the football activities. But I have this schedule where afterwards I need an hour massage or 30 minutes of yoga. 30 minutes where I'm just in the training room by myself, just in the cold tub, hot tub, just getting my legs physically back underneath me. And then like throughout the night, I'm either in my playbook. One thing I, I am trying to start this year or this past year that I did start was uh, going back into my gospel, reading a, a chapter or two in, in the book. And at nighttime, I try to close everything around 8.50, 8.55 so I could be in bed by 9 and then I try to sleep by 9.15, 9.30, but I always end up 9.45, 10-ish. So I would say just using my time wisely. And mm-hmm. if I do have a day off, not just sitting on my butt and watching TV the whole day, I go into the facility, get an extra work in, or I could just hit up one of my friends and ask them if they want to go do something outside in the city but rather than just being inside. Sure. Now, when you look at your time playing college football, you mentioned that you know everything that we go through happens to better us. And you ended up having an injury, right? In 2018, you suffered a season and injury. Tell us about how did that injury come about? And what was your recovery process like, specifically your mental state as you went through that process? Yeah, it was going into my fifth year, my senior year, it was summer conditioning. Body was feeling good. But July of 2018, we went to these hills and we were running up and down and my calf wasn't feeling too good. And just at the jump, I had a partial Achilles tendon tear and a calf strain. And I thought it wasn't going to be a big thing. I thought it was going to affect me for maybe a couple of weeks, but a month passed by. I'm still feeling pain in my, my lower right leg and it's August. So we're going into camp and I'm like, dude, I'm still not feeling good. Like what's going on? I'm starting to fall back a little bit, going into my own head. And then the season gets here. And when it's first game, I feel great, but my leg doesn't feel good. But I'm not going to tell my coach, I really want to play this game. It's my senior year. I, I want to. They didn't let me play. The second game, they didn't let me play. And by the third game, I think we were playing Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State, and I said, there's no chance. Like, I have, this is, like, one of the biggest games I'm ever going to play. So I go out there, and everything was going good until the third quarter, and I feel the same exact thing. Mm. Achilles, the calf strained again, and the Achilles completely tore. And I just knew then that the season's done, but I'm not done. There's no mm. way I'm a, my last snap here is me getting injured on an away game, and that's my legacy here at Boise State. I wanted it to be more because I, I owe Boise State more. So I already had opted to medically register. So I wasn't going to play another game 2018 season. It was tough. I saw all the people that I came in with graduate. They all played in the games together. All my brothers, my friends, that we all came in the same class. It was tough. And January, I remember coming back and I was the only person from my class in that locker room and auditorium. So things still didn't work the way that I wanted it to be, but... Still put my head down with work. I got my surgery in January of 2019 and got my six-year accepted in Feb. So mm-hmm. I couldn't even walk until, I would say, May or June, walk normally. Mm-hmm. And by June, once they told me I could start running, oh, it was done after that. I was the first guy in, the last one out. I was trying to be a better captain, a better leader to this newer class because I wasn't that to the class I was in before. And yeah, I had a great season. I played all 12 games. 14. 14. 
Garden. Okay, yeah. 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 and then and then ball game against Utah. Yeah, finished a full season, feeling healthy and feeling good. And I knew if I was just getting better then while the season was going, that everything else was going to sort itself out once I got into the league. And you had mentioned that you know, this is your sixth year of eligibility that you were able to play. You ended up playing in all 14 games, 37 tackles, got second team all Mountain West honors. What was that final season like for you being able to actually, you know, show out and do well and, and go out of your college football career on a high note? It was everything. It was everything I wanted it to be. I literally sat down. Even after we got our bus with that last game, I sat down and I said, I did the best I can. I could have called it quits last year against Oklahoma State, but I didn't. So I gave him my best. I'm going to turn around and get prepared for this draft. I'm going to do the exact same thing again. Well, I like that because, you know, some people can be like, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to just go into the league or take my shot and see, you know, see where I land. But I like what you said about giving Boise State more, like you owed more to them. Mm -hmm. So coming back and, you know, we're granted eligibility to be able to play another season. So now you're in the NFL, you're with the Giants organization. As you look upon the upcoming season, what excites you the most about it? This is going to be my first regular year. We're going through a regular summer right now. I'm getting to know all the boys, all the coaches, everybody in the staff. Like our cafeteria is full now. Like people I've never seen these past two years are walking around. I'm getting to know them too, security detail, all these good people. But what I'm most excited about is just using these past experiences, these past two years to make year three the best year yet. That's awesome. So football at some point is going to come to an end, hopefully not for quite a while. Have you been thinking about what kind of things you want to do outside of football? I haven't really sat down and thought about, I remember I've always wanted to be like a personal trainer. I have my own gym. That was like my goal once I got to college. Once I got into college, my mind was kind of going all over the place to a point where I didn't know where I wanted to be. So I was just a gen biz major and Mm -hmm. with communications as well. It's such a broad field. And I feel like that's what's going to happen after I'm done with football. I'm going to have to sit down and figure out what I actually want to do. Like, this part of me wants to be a firefighter. Part of me wants to be a personal trainer. Part of me wants to be with the youth, help them out, because they were beneficiary to me growing up as a kid. So it's very broad for me right now. But I know that everything that I've learned, whether it's in school, in football, outside life, I'm paving myself into where I want to be. I don't know yet where that's at, but I know I'm in the right direction right now. You'll figure it out. I know you will. Yeah. I work with a lot of pro athletes and corporate professionals on their business and branding and attracting opportunities that they want. And so I would just say to you, don't wait till you're done playing to figure that out. Start building that network now because what leverage, I mean, I've had other guys on the show that come and talk about how while you're in the NFL, use that title, so to speak, to build your network because everybody wants to connect with guys that play professional football or professional sports. So leverage that you have that to your advantage to continue to build your network. That's great advice. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. I tend to have a few good nuggets on the show <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> so David, what I want to do now is I want to run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. The first question is when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Firefighter. Okay. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Honest, energetic, and what's the word you just love to have a good time? The word that means I just love having a good time. Okay. Fun, loving, fun, loving. Maybe. <laughs> there you go. Love there you go. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? In college, I was nicknamed the mobile constrictor, but I'm scared of snakes. Nope. Snakes are not your thing, huh? <laughs> not my thing. Not my thing. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? Oh, God. It would have to be One Love by Bob Marley. 
Okay. I like listening to hype music, but no, it's just cool, soothing, Bob Marley, nice reggae. There you go. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? I would say that the, the podcast is the, all the motivational ones, like the Jason Gillick, The Rock. And then, I, as I mentioned before, just like slowly starting to get back into the word and the gospel. Gotcha. Now, my next question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you pick and why? Oh, God, that's awesome. Three famous people. One sports related is a famous rugby player. He's passed away, Jonah Lumbo. Just one of the best rugby players to ever played a game. My dad comes from a rugby background as well. So growing up watching it was awesome. Kobe Bryant, for obvious reasons. That's my favorite player growing up and watching him. And Lawrence Taylor. Okay. Three great choices for sure. Yeah. Yep. Just I would pick his mind. He'd get so annoyed at me. <laughs> and my next question is, do you sing in the shower? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure do. Am I the best? No, no chance. But yeah, I do. What would your wife say? That's the important question. My wife would be honest and say I'm probably one of the worst singers ever, okay. but she loves the effort. <laughs> there you go. There you go. A for effort, right? Yep. So, David, as you look to close the show, let people know, where are you at on social media? Where can they follow you? On Instagram, it's DavidMoa55. And on Twitter, I actually went by my nickname that they call me. It's Moa Constrictor. Okay, so you've embraced the nickname. I did. I did embrace it because I remember going into one of these events. They, it was a reptile convention happening next door, and they forced me to put a whole boa constrictor oh. around my. I oh. it was not a fun time, but after that day, I was like, "All right, I might as well." Right? I have a boa constrictor around my neck. I might as well keep going with it. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. Well, David, as we look to close the show, any last thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, first and foremost, though, thank you for having me on here. I love the motto is move the ball. And in my mind right now, that's getting better every day. The ball doesn't ever just stop. It's going to the end of the goal line, end of the line. And until you get there, you got to put your best foot forward and keep going. So to all the watchers out there, I love it. The motto of move the ball is something that I'm living every day as well, too. It's awesome that this is what you're going by, Jen. Thank you for having me on here. I'm trying to get 1% better every day. And like you said about moving the ball, you're not done until you get to that goal line. You're not done until you get those six points. So whatever you need to do to get there, just keep pushing forward. I love that. And something else I talk about along the show is it, you know, it doesn't matter. Move the ball is about that forward movement. It, it's not about getting touchdowns every single play. It's not about getting first downs every single play. It's about moving, whether it's an inch, a foot, a yard, whatever you can every single day. That's what it's about, making that forward incremental progress. And when you do that, eventually you will get across that goal line, whether or not it's as quick as you want. That's going to depend on what you've got going on in your life and how much you are able to make those moves every day. But, it, you know, slow progress is still progress. And so I think it's important for people to remember, just got to keep it moving every single day. Perfect. You got to trust the process. Your process. Got to trust it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again, David, for being on the show today. Thank you, Jen. Thank you for having me. And thanks to everyone for listening. If you like today's episode, please share it with someone else or a friend or two or three. That's one way you can help me to move the ball. Again, hit that subscribe button if you have not already done so. And also check out the Move the Ball merchandise store and get your swag. All right, everyone. Thank you again for listening. We will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. 
make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.